0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Learning today Parashat Shmini. Parashat Shmini has a list of animals that are kosher and not kosher. Not only animals, fish, birds, there's a list of things. But what's unique in this list is that the Torah takes out four different animals and she, she specifies them differently than anything else. Why is that? Because the Torah says that in order for an animal to be kosher, it needs to have two signs. One sign is mafris parsa, and the second sign that it needs to be ma'alegera. What's ma'alegera? Ma'alegera brings back its cud. Mafris parsa, it has split hoofs. Two signs. All animals that are kosher have these two signs. Take a look at a goat. Take a look at a sheep. Take a look at a cow. Take a look at any kosher animal. It has two signs. Splits. Oof. And choose the card it brings back, which means since it's an animal that's constantly on the run, since the Torah only permits us to eat animals that are not prey animal, they are not there to Kill other animals. They only eat grass. Simple things. That is the nature of Am Israel. That are not there to hurt other people, but always on the defense. Am Israel consistently throughout history are on the defense. And this is a tova beAdam that a person should always be in hanirdafim says a person should always make sure. That he doesn't chase others. Rather, it's better to be chased. It's better that other people should put him down than to put other people down. Sometimes in life you have scenarios that you could get the person that you hate already for a long time. Whether it's in business, whether it's in other ways, you get a you get you get the sense that now is the time to get him. The Torah says, be very careful. Once you become erodef, once you start chasing after him, you put, your, you put yourself in a category that's very dangerous, because a Baruch Hu does not help erodef. On the contrary, he helps the nirdaf. The Ma'ar says an interesting plot. He says that, velomina, nirdafim he says sometimes a person is being chased by somebody else. He constantly harasses him. He constantly tries to push him down, pull him down, uh, get him into trouble in all different ways, even without just the physical meaning that a person chases after another person to hurt him or to kill him. But sometimes, whether it's in business, whether it's in family relations, whether it's in school, it could be in so many different ways. You have a a colleague at work, colleague somewhere else, and they're jealous of you, or whatever it is. So they try to push you down in various ways. So the Gemara says that it's better to be consistently, always from those that are being chased and not those that chase. Marsha says, what does it mean? What the Gemara tries to emphasize over here? message, you don't need to, like, push it in, pull it uh, in, in such a, uh, put it in such a category, low Always, it should always be from those that are being chased and not those that chase. Why is that? Says the ma'asha that sometimes, while you're being chased, you could, in certain times, turn around and become the chaser, the, per- the person that goes after the enemy. We know that, for instance, to give you an example, when Shaul was chasing David HaMelech, David HaMelech was the Nirdaf. You see, the the result, David HaMelech ended up with the Melucha and ended up to be uh, one of the greatest people in Amisuel. So Shaul HaMelech, when he was chasing after David HaMelech, he had an instant that he went, um, he went uh, privately in order to relieve, to relieve himself in the bathroom. He went into a cave, and David Melech was hiding there. At that moment, Shaul was very vulnerable. He didn't have any guards with him. He didn't have any arms with him. He was com- c- completely vulnerable, and David Amelech could have killed him instantly at that moment. If David Amelech would do that, he would come and rodef. I don't know what the result would, to that would be but he had a chance to become, instead of Nirdaf, Rodef, change the scenario. David Melech didn't do that. David HaMelech, all he did was cut a small piece of Shaul Tzitzit, and when Shaul left the cave, he, from the other side of the Meara, called him up and he told him, you see, I could have hurt you, but I never want to hurt you, chas Shalom. Now... Even that minor act, the David did, which was so heroic it's it's so beautiful to see that the person could have a chance to get rid of his, of his of a person that tries to kill him, tries to get rid of him. He could have finished that battle right then and then. He could have done that without and nobody would have a complaint. Even that, all he did was rip small clothing from the tzitzit of Shaul. And because of that, Chazal tell us that eventually David Amelech when he was old, he became extremely cold. He couldn't warm himself. Whatever he would do to warm himself would not help. Why? Chachamim says, since he was mevazed b'gadim, since he, he he put down, he degraded the clothing of Shaul Amelech. Clothing in general. You don't degrade even clothing. Since he degraded the clothing, the clo- clothing would not help him. At the time of need, when he started getting cold, he started not being able to warm himself. Now you you have to realize David Amelech had everything. He had heaters. He had fire around. People would try to warm him up in all different ways. Nothing would help. Just because Chachamim say he ripped the clothing of Shaul Amelech. So this is the Ma'ala of Am Israel. Am Israel are like those. Animals that are domestic animals, the calm animals, they're in the in the back of the house. They eat the, they eat their grass. They eat whatever you give them. They drink the water. They don't run after other animals to try to kill them. But they are always on the run when they're on the field because of their nature. The way the world works is that whenever you have somebody who's a little weak, so all. Try to bully him. Try to get him. Try to. That's the world. It's a, it's a world that the strong wins, and the strong tries to get himself over the weak. So over here, the Torah says, if you want to know what are the signs of these two things, one of them is, as I explained, that split hoof. The second one is that he brings back the cuts and he chooses it back. Why is that? The rishonim explains, because those animals, since they're constantly on the run, so let's say the cow now is on the field. If he would have to have his meal, and he would cut the grass off the ground and start chewing and waiting for it to uh, to get into the stomach, all chewed and all uh, all fine into small pieces, just like we human beings do, he would put himself into a danger because of all the animals that try to. Get him. Because of that, Kadoshbu who created him with wonderful feature that he doesn't have to chew the food right now. He can store it inside, and whenever he gets to a place that is completely safe, he brings it back, and now he can chew it. Now, when we're dealing with those animals that bring back their cut, those are also, in the list of, of those animals, are... The are and the Shafan, as the Torah says, the following the, the Torah says which means the Torah puts out to those four animals because those four animals, unlike any others, have one sign out of the out of, out of the two all others all kosher animals have two signs all non kosher animals have no signs except. The the chazir that has one sign, but otherwise, none of them have one sign. Only those four. What are they? Et zeh lo tochelu mimalei ha-girah wa-mafrisah Et ha-gamal, we're talking about a camel. What does a camel have? Malei ha-girah far mafris. Tamei hu lachem. This um, this camel has the ma of ma-alei he brings back the cud, but it does not have split hooves. That's the camel. Together with that, same feature. who Same thing with the shafan. The shafan, which is the rabbit, is also such that it brings back the cud, but does not have split hooves. And also, mm-hmm. et ha'arnevet, ha'arnevet is the bunny, ma'alat gerai, u'farsah lo'ifrisa, t'meha ilachem. And then you have also the chazir, that that's from the from t'meot as well, et ha'chazir ki mafris parsa, v'shoseh ashesha parsa, vugera lo'igar, t'mehu So here we have four animals that have one sign, and they are not kosher. All the others that are kosher have those two signs. Now, when the Torah speaks about those four animals, one of them is something that many debated. How could that be since we see that in reality it's not so? What is it? The Shafan. The Shafan, the rabbit, also the the Arnevet, the bunny they don't seem to have that feature of ma'alat gerai, as the Torah says. The Torah says on the Shafan that it brings back the cud, it chews the cud. but in reality, those that are involved with learning about the different animals, they see that it doesn't work. The rabbit and the bunny don't chew the cuds. and if that is the case, we have ourselves over here, a serious question on the Torah as Not only that, the Gemara proves that you see from here that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's in charge of nature, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only one that could have known out of all the animals he ever created, what's the feature of each animal. And over here, and this is Gemara, if you want to take a look. It's Gemara in Elut Kulin Dafnun, Teta, over here we see such a feature that does not fit that what the Torah says. Because this Shafan Vernevit don't have this Ma'alat gerah. It does not bring back and chew the kad. So how is it possible that the Torah says that it chews the kad? And really that's one of the things that those that wanna want argue with the Torah so to speak, want to show the Torah is Has not uh, not Divined, they want to see, they want to show, and say, "You see, from here that it's so." So we need to explain over here what does the Torah really means. And there's no question that before you even start reading about this, I don't, you know, we can we can come out to different answers. But I think it's very simple when the Torah itself. Tells you certain features that you can't come and argue with the Torah itself because it doesn't make sense to argue with what the Torah itself categorizes. Which means the Torah says such a thing. If you want to take a look at the nature, the Torah says there are two kind of um, two kind of animals, rabbit and bunny, that that chew their cuds. Now this the Torah says. We, we When we come to argue with what it says over here, we come to ask questions with, with what it says here in the Torah, that's because we're extremely smart. We already know a definition of a rabbit, and we already know a definition of chewing the cud, and we know also that that rabbit does not chew the cud, which means we have three of three uh, of pieces of information that they don't fit with each other. What are they? First of all, the Torah says there's a Shafan. There's something called a Shafan. So we understand what the Torah says. We give that Shafan already a definition. We we know who to call a Shafan. We see a rabbit, we say, oh, that's the Shafan. Now, we're very smart to <laughs> doing that, but you can very easily take out this question by saying, who told you that this is the Shafan? Who told you that what the Torah calls a Shafan is this? Maybe what the Torah calls a Shafan is a totally different animal. And then you don't have a question at all. Secondly, we understand very well what it means, Ma'alat Gira, which means chewing the cud. So we have a question. The Shafan does not chew the cud. But who told you what the Torah says, Malat gira, means that? Our information for what Ma'alat Gerah is, what the Tafan is. We want to know the Torah says Shafan is Ma'alat So if that's the case, how could we give our own understanding to what a Ma'alat is? Maybe it's totally something else. Now, on that point that I'm saying right now, it's a little bit hard to argue, because... Rashi, and Chazal explains what it means, ma'ala gira. Rashi tells us in our parasha that ma'ala gira means ma'ale ha'ochel mimea. This animal, spits, it brings back up and it spits the food from the stomach. and brings it back to its mouth, in order to chew it much better, let control okay, so if that is the case, so that's a little bit argue. that's a little bit harder to argue because Rashi tells us what Ma'alegera is, but we have over here three pieces of information as I'm explaining right now that in order to ask a question on the torah we have to agreed that all these three are precise. First of all, the Shafan is what we know as a Shafan. Secondly, that male Gera is what we call male Gera. Only then we have a question. But in reality, we can say that maybe the Shafan that we know is not the Shafan that the Torah is talking about. And if that is the case, We don't have a question at all. So let's try to understand that and see that the question really, according to this um, uh, presentation that I'm trying to say, is indeed not such a question on the Torah. So if you take a look at some of the Mephoshim, they indeed try to say that the Shafan and the Arnevet that the Torah is talking about were already extinct. And this is not the Shafan and the Arneved that we know today. When we see a rabbit, when we see a bunny today, it's not the same Shafan and the Arneved that the Torah was talking about. And this is the opinion of Hoshim Shon Rafal who was a great leader, a rabbi in Germany, and he understands that you can't ask such a question on the Torah. And I'm saying again, it's simple that you can't ask a question on the Torah, because all the information we come up is from the Torah itself that tells us that a shafan mm-hmm. and arnivit is maalad gira. We don't know. We're not that smart to know what the Torah means. If we, if 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 we can we 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 have today names for different things. So we see a rabbit and we say, oh, that's the shafan. No, the Torah obviously means something else because the Torah says that the Shafan is ma'alegera and if this is not ma'alegera so this is not what the Torah asks, is talking about. You can't ask a question when you have the wrong information even though you think you have the right information. So in here that's the very beginning. That is the opinion of Rav Shem Shonafal Hirsch that Shafan ve'arnavet Arnevet were not the same Shafan and Arnevet that we have today. Now, in Sefer Torah Lishma, he brings over there a dream, yeah. like David Hoffman that says that the Chapan and the arnevet that we have today, they also move their mouth in a way that looks very clearly that they chew their cud. This is another way that hey. we can explain this and this 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 um phenomenal. Which means, he explains that, in, he brings this into Torah Lishma. he explains that this that the Torah what says, that if you see an animal that chews the cud and looks like a Shafan, you can't eat, that you don't need to actually dissect the animal in order to see whether it does chew the cud or not. Because the Torah always works with things that are, Clear to the eye. Whatever you see with the eyes, that is the Torah understanding. We'll give you an example. The Torah says that a person is allowed on Shabbat to kill life. If a person, Lo Alenu has life, and he has, it in his, he has it in his hair, let's say, he's allowed to pop them and kill them, even though they're walking, Lo aleinu, on the hair, they're walking on his body. The biting him is allowed to kill them. Why is he allowed to kill the kinin, the lice? The answer is, says the Gemara, because they're not pare They don't multitude from Zachar and Nekeva. Rather, they come from the dirt. They just multiply from the dirt and not from a Zachar and Nekeva. This is how the Gemara says, and this is what Dalachai is in Shulchan Aruch. But later generation explained that indeed the the you can't deny that Kinim also multiplied from and nekeva, That's pashut that it is. What the explanation over here, so many explain that the Torah only speaks to what's clear to the eye. The way you see in your eyes that's what, is the, that's what the Torah is talking about. For instance, another example. We don't have a problem eating something that looks clean from bugs, although we know for sure that if you take a look in a microscope, you'll find over there are so many bugs that you couldn't see with your eyes. Uh, and the, the reason you can eat those uh, items, those food items, is because the Torah does not forbid you from eating anything that you can see with your eyes, and so on and so forth. That's a yesod that goes along the entire Torah. The only things that you see with your eyes, that's what the Torah is talking about. You have, let's say, on the Sefer Torah, a hole, but it's too small that you can't see with the eyes. It's kosher, although it's a hole in the middle of the letter. It splits the letter. But since it's too small to see with the eye, you're not obligated. This is how the Dovev Mesharim says in the first volume, right away in the beginning. So if, if we take that understanding, we can understand that as well in Tosfot. Um, Tosfot says that idea that I just explained right now, the Gemara brings there in Tosfot that... Dog tame. Anybody that has a dog, a fish that is tame, you'll see that it does not have spine. That's what the Gemara says. Dog tame en lo Says that was fought. Wow, what a sign! A fish that is does not have a spine. If that is the case, why didn't the Gemara say also one of those signs together with the snapir? Because, guess it? In other words, you're saying that any anything that is kosher, any fish that is kosher, has to have snapir. And has to have kaskeset. Why didn't you say also that any fish that is kahor has a shidra, has a spine? It says the the following answer. Had de lo chashiv latana abad napir v'kaskeset? Haynu, mishum disimane gavai, lo ta Any sign that is inside the body that you can see with your eyes, The Torah does not count, and the Bachamim did not count. We don't pay attention to that over here also. Since the bunny and the rabbit do not, uh, in the inside, don't have those features, don't have those elements, to uh, to show that they chew the cuts, but they appear to chew the cuts. And today, many say that this is what the the, the Nevet and the Shafan do. They look like they chew the cuts. Since they look like this on the outside, that is good enough. The Torah doesn't mean that it should have all the limbs inside that actually a cow has, or a sheep have, or a goat has, because that is good enough for me that when I see something on the outside that looks like it's doing that, that's good enough. This is another explanation that we found in many Mephoshim. If you take a look at Zichat Chulim, at uh, Daph Tet, he brings those ideas. He says that today, he says, I'll read you inside. The bunny can't digest all the food immediately. I can so The food that digests quickly. which means some food digests by the bunny quickly. So right away it becomes a waste and she takes it out of the body. But then you have food that doesn't digest quickly. Amazon so this is what he brings from uh and he brings other uh that explain that as well. so if that is true, we have mamash uh something that that has the feature of chewing the cud. Now you also say you could also say like the Malvin brings down that you have different kinds of rabbits. The Malbim says the following words, Which means, you have different types of rabbits, different types of bunnies, different types. Each one is very different. If you take a look, I I searched a little bit. I saw that the the article, which is very precise, he doesn't just say, calls the Shafan, in the name that we call it right now, the rabbit, but rather he calls it the Hyrax, H-Y-R-A-X. I tried to look if the Hyrax is a rabbit. It's not. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. It looks like a rabbit, but it's not. And same thing by a bunny. It's not necessarily a bunny. So those things could be that the different types, and this is what the malvim says, which means, Many, there's many animals out there that look very close to each other. Says the Malvin, he lives in the rocks. By the way, it's very precise that the Shfanim live in the rocks from the in the Torah. The Torah says, uh, it is, for instance, in Keilun, it says, and Mephoshim uh, explained, why is it that the spanim, the rabbits, hide in the rocks? It, it's Mephoshim explained that since the rabbit is a soft animal, it's a soft animal. It needs to hide itself in places that it can't be also the same thing in Mishlei. Mishlei Lamed, Taf Vav, it says Shfanim, Amlaatsum, Bayasimu Basela Baitam. Very interesting paso, pasuk in Mishlei from Tromo Amelef. It says Shfanim, which is the Shvanim that we're talking about. Am Laatsum. Bayasimu Basela Baitam. Where do they live? In the cellar. in the rocks. It's very precise what uh, what we learned over here. That the Malbim explains that those are what we call bofer, the and they hide in the. Voda Rabanim, I appreciate you joining us today. I wish all of you that you should have Shabbat Shalomu Mevorach, Shabbat of Peace, Shabbat with Briut. You should all enjoy Amen. the Shabbat. Beisdat Hashem, bekarov mamash, Hakadosh Baruch will take us out from this Hezgel Mamash, and bring us back to the Shul, and we'll be able to rejoice together and appreciate what Amen. we lost. Uh, we will have a Shul either on Sunday or Monday. We'll see um, how the schedule Amen. works. And the Shul will be about Sirat HaOmel. Maybe we'll talk about the, the Yisur of Hadash and Yashan, and uh, the, which is no gear to the Omer, because the Omer, korban Omer, would permit that of uh, of the of the eating of the flour that made out of the five grains. Understanding it well up to the halakha. Stay tuned. Enjoy the Shabbat. Chazak uvaru. Shabbat Shalom. Chazak Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom Thank you.